Jen Bosworth Ramirez. And I'm Gina Polici. We went to theater school together. We survived it, but we didn't quite understand it. 20 years later, we're digging deep, talking to our guests about their experiences and trying to make sense of it all. We survived theater school, and you will too. Are we famous yet? for a moment for 2022 dear 2022 please please just like don't do me wrong 2022 i mean sort of just uh like can we just i really do sympathize with like or relate to people are like don't make any sudden moves like let's just (laughs) let's just see how it goes but you know and my mom used to say like expect the hope for the best expect the worst which is so indicative of why my childhood was probably so confusing but (laughs) but you you, because really you can't do both like I was thinking about it we cannot as humans live in that that's crazy making so it's sort of like we have to choose and I'm going to choose the hope but I'm not going to be totally shocked if shit goes wrong right 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 I mean I think maybe like an adjustment to that would be you know, your expectations can strangle you to death. So keep your expectations in check. Like, yeah, maybe, you know, hope for the best and, and, and know that, you know, it's just a hope and, and it, and it's not a guarantee. And, you know, so when the shit hits the fan, it's, or maybe the better thing is like everything is as it should be in any given uh, moment. I mean, like that's the real deal. It's the real deal, which, you know, I, I've said that to a few people in my life recently who've been like, mm, no, that's, <laughs> I'm not doing that. I'm not, which I understand and I relate to. And it's a new concept for me, but that's what I'm trying to do right now as I'm Ooh. trying to say like, everything is as it should be. And I mean, what, what, because if, if, if not, like, I think it's interesting because when I, I remember when I got my master's in counseling psych and I went to this, you know, woo woo hippie dippy school. And one of the things was, yeah, everything is happening the way it's supposed to be happening. And I remember having this conversation with my sister who was like a real, and still sort of is like a social justice warrior type and like, you know, equity type. And she was like, that is not true. Like my students who don't have anything, that's not how is as it should be. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. I don't think, I think that I need to help in any way and be of service in the ways I feel um, I need to be of service. And what is happening is fucking happening in the moment. You can fucking pretend all you want, but if it's happening, then it's happening. Like that's how I feel. Yeah. Yeah. And then actually in some ways you're better equipped to help things get better when you start from the place that it's happening. I mean, because even just starting from the place of like, it shouldn't be happening. Yeah, I, I, I relate to the impulse. But at the same time, it's a little bit of wasted steps there. Like just go right to, okay, well, it's not really for me to decide if it's good or bad or indifferent. You know, it, it, it's if I can do something about it, I should. Yeah. And I feel like, yeah. And um, I also want to say, and um, thank you for talking after our interview as well to because oh, yeah. but but I wanted to say like t- a year ago today I was in the hospital so I feel really That's right yeah oh. so yeah. that was just oh my god and it's bringing up all this stuff about like 
I was talking in therapy yesterday. I like my therapist. It's interesting. She doesn't say a lot. And at first I'm like, you're not doing enough. But she's the first female older figure in my life who has allowed me the space to sort of just talk. And then Mm -hmm. she does interject. But I am so used to wanting, uh, it's not even so much approval, but someone to step in and and um tell me what to do or like more just give me their feedback but I think that she's doing at first I thought is she like literally is she dumb or like what's happening here <laughs> but I think that she's doing it on purpose like I think there is a method to her madness or to her whatever she's doing because it's allowing me to she's not giving me any answers and I really look to that for someone to take charge because my, you know, my parents didn't, but like, I'm an adult and that's not her job is not to take charge of me as a therapist. Right. It's such a, I will say that it's such a fine line because did I ever tell you about the analyst I had who fell asleep? (laughs) Yeah. That's not good. I mean, that's not good. That was fascinating. And it no, it wasn't good, but I, but okay, now I'm going to argue against my own point. But even then, it was like, okay, he fell asleep. Like, apropos of like, okay, this is what it is. What are you going to do about it? Because the, what I did about it is I left treatment instead of saying, what the fuck, man? I'm paying you $250 and you're asleep? Right. Like, what's right. the matter with you? Get, right. Because, because that could have helped him too. Like, we could have all benefited, but I just ran away, which is the thing that I have done my whole life. And then I'm really consciously trying to work against. And it's hard. It's hard to approach where you have wanted to avoid. Yes. Yes. And I, so she, she's very, she's listening because we're on Zoom and she's like, but she doesn't, it's interesting. She doesn't say that much. And we talked about it and she's like, well, what would you want me to say? And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I'm not even sure that it's, that it's um, a bad or a negative thing. I'm just noticing. And she said, yeah, you know you don't have a lot of experience with, with older mother type figures, just letting mm-hmm. you have your space. And I was yeah, like, oh, shit. just letting you be. Yeah. Also it's $8 a session. Like my insurance covers a lot of it. So I'm nice. grateful for that. Um, yeah. And she's so anyway, I, but a year we were, t- I was talking about that in, in therapy about a year ago today, I was in the hospital and how life changing that was for me and how, lucky I feel not so much that it happened, but that the team that I had was so non-shaming. Yeah. Yeah. And your health has steadily improved and you're in such a better place now. Thank God. Congrats to you. I'm grateful that you, I'm grateful that you, you know, survived that and that you've persisted and, and really taken on, you've taken on the task of whatever it is you need to do to not be in that situation. Yeah. Thank you. Also, is that the sweatshirt I gave you? Yes. Is it comfortable? It is so comfortable. And even though it is a plain gray sweatshirt, I get compliments on it all the time. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like the best sweatshirt company apparently. And also I like the thick, thick, thick tassel. Oh, but what I was doing, is that a bear totem? It is a bear totem that my mom gave me for Christmas. Isn't it pretty? Oh, it's kinky. So nice. Yeah, totally. It's beautiful. Yes. Is it turquoise? It's turquoise. Yeah, it's oh kind of hard to see from God. far away. Yeah, she gave me this and she she gave me great gifts this year. She oh. gave me a, um, I wanted a flat 
we like a waffle weave robe. Yes. And I got she gave me one of those. So those are really styling, baby. Super- hey, let me run this by you. Like, I, I don't really believe in resolutions or anything, but I, yeah. because I just, I don't fucking, I guess it's something to say, but like mm-hmm. what I am is grateful. What this, I, I come back to it. What this pandemic has really made me grateful for is fucking my health and a job. Like, like I, I, I'm searching for a job that has meaning for me to bring in to income. I don't know what that's going to look like, but I know that I want a patch of grass to call my own. Yes. definitely. And that the the pandemic has really sharpened that for me and created Mm -hmm. that. And like, wait a minute. I, I, I'm grateful for my health, which can be fleeting as I know. And I'm grateful for a fucking roof over my head. It has really taken me to bare bones gratitude, which mm-hmm. I'm so, which look wears off sometimes. And I'm like, oh, fuck this shit. But I got to say, like, this pandemic has really, and moving away from Chicago and starting a new life has shown me that like, oh, bare bones, back to basics. As my cousin would yeah. say, back on my bullshit of like, water gratitude it's all the things that we talk about on this podcast um so yeah yeah i'm in a much better place than i was physically a year ago and that has to be worth something you know like that oh absolutely yeah i mean yeah I, so anyway that's what that's what really what i was saying in my in my in my uh my remarks to you earlier so what about you what's happening tell me a skiing what do you want to say about this new year Oh my God. Oh my God. Well, I'll say this. I ended 2021. Um, here's what I can say I'm proud of. I'm proud that I tried something new. Yes. You tried to, you learned, you took a ski lesson, right? I took a ski. I took a couple of ski lessons. It's fucking hard. It's the hardest thing. I, you know, here, here's the deal. I want to ski, not because I want to ski. I want to ski because it's what my family does. And right. I want to be a part of it. And I don't want to be on the outside. Right. And my husband was pointing out to me some stuff that I think is really true, which is skiing, maybe like everything, maybe like every sport, maybe like everything just becomes this, you know, litmus test or Rorschach or whatever for like what all of your issues are. Number one, skiing is for rich people. I grew up thinking skiing is for rich people. I don't do that. When I was in sixth grade and they shut down school for a week and they said it was ski week ski and I week. told my mom and she, she was like, said, what are you, what talking, are you talking about? Right. She thought it and, was a joke, like not really. And all of the kids came back from their week in Tahoe or whatever, the Vale and Aspen. And, and I'm like, I don't, what? Um, so there's that, there's yeah. the culture of it that I just don't relate to because I, I've never been a part of it. It's very white. It's very rich. It's very snobby. It's very, yeah, you know, but at the same time, like my kids love skiing. They right. love it. And my husband loves it. So I don't want to be a separate. Yeah. You don't want to be on the out, the outsider. I don't want to be the outside yeah. looking in, but my God, is it hard? And you know, I don't have any. I'm, I've never played a sport before. I've never um, yeah. done. I've never been like into a winter outdoorsy yeah. thing. Like that's right. just never been my thing. So I'm committed to trying it again. 
but it was I mean it was like a fucking nightmare yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I hated basically every second of it it yeah. was just like falling and I was and and here's what happened to me at the first lesson it was going great and getting like literally the very basics like how to put on your skis and oh, how to whatever awesome we did that for 20 minutes I was in heaven and then it was like okay go down this slope you know, and it wasn't like it was steep or anything like that, but it was a slope and they never really didn't teach us how to stop. And I, the second I'm going fast and I can't stop and everything that I ha- they have taught me isn't helping me to stop. I'm scared out of my mind. Yeah, absolutely. And then when I get back up, it's like suggestions about how to improve my technique. And I'm like, but how do you stop? <laughs> you know? well, what do and you have turns- to do? Just lay down? well it turns out it's very complicated you know how you stop depends on the steep uh, you know the steep of the slope the slope of the whatever yeah it depends on you know I mean it's there's this whole thing about using your skis to find the edge and you have to turn uphill it's just it's it's a whole thing it's a whole thing which you know tennis is a whole thing too but when you do it wrong you don't careen down a mountain at 40 miles an right, hour. Right, right. On on two pieces of plastic right, or wood right, or whatever. Right, 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 right. Exactly. So uh, like I said, I will try again. Maybe not this winter. Well, you I, weren't I injured. You weren't injured, right? Or no, were you? thank okay. God. No, but that I was so afraid of that. Of I was course. really like, you know, because the thing is like, if you're young, you don't, you don't really have a concept that you could die this, you could break your neck and die doing this fun outdoor activity. Right. So I'm older. So I know that I could die and it it increases the stakes for me. And it makes me be like, the very first thing you should have taught me is how to stop. You shouldn't have taught me one single thing more until I really know how to stop. Yeah. And so the second time it was my husband, you know, trying to teach me and he's a great teacher and he knows exactly how to talk to me and whatever. But I, had already fallen so many times. I was already felt so rattled and so scared. I just like, I started crying. I said, I can't do this. I can't do this. And to his credit, he made me, you know, as I said before, the thing I tend to do is avoid when I need to approach. And he like helped me approach it more, but I ended by being like, it's going to be a while before I can do this again because it was really hard. And I just want to say you get major kudos for fucking trying it. It's fucking scary. Uh, there's a lot of body image issues that are wrapped up in sports. Yes, yes. Especially yes. where you have to fall, especially where um, you might feel less than. And then, like, if you had a different totally. kind of body, you could ski better. People are always saying, totally. like, bend your yep. knees. What if you can't bend your knees? What if it's hard to get up? Like, I have a whole – so that you did it at all just as a human being, let alone a lady in this world, is fucking fantastic. And also – Falling is scary in nature. Like the, one of the things Miles, because he's a skateboarder, told me is that you the first thing you learn is how to fall when you're learning how to yeah. skateboard. We mm-hmm. all need to learn how to fall. And we never learn that because I think people are so yeah. afraid to fall. They try to avoid falling when it's part of the deal, just like failing is part of the deal. Dude, it fa- that's exactly right. And, and I know very well that... Um, Falling is my biggest fear, basically, because I've broken my tailbone more yeah. than once falling on ice. Um, so 
but it that fits with my psychology so perfectly. Like I'm so afraid to fail. I'm so afraid to do something the wrong way. Um, that yeah, so it makes sense that falling would be my thing. But anyway, Vermont is beautiful. It was you know fun for my family, which is always a good thing. And I fa- watched The Real Housewives. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, which one? They, oh, I'm just whatever. I just like. And actually, the Salt Lake City one, I have to say, for people who maybe like... They look fucking given, crazy. They are so crazy, and they are criminals. Like, this one lady is a straight-up criminal. Like, Speaking of criminals, Elizabeth Holmes. No. She She's guilty, right? Well, that, she, thank that was God. Four, I had a feeling, I had a feeling she was going to get off on everything, so I'm happy that she got something. Yeah, and four, four counts and... and- they're already I can't remember who's playing her. Someone's playing her in the new in a new movie that oh, looks yeah. just fucking like her, but I can't remember who it is. But anyway, yeah, she got yeah. she got, but but okay, so you watched that. Okay. So you, I did that and I did whatever. Like I I did I did honestly, I did laundry and cooked dinner and did dishes. Nice and, but whatever. It was fine. It was totally fine. It, I was doing all of those things that I would do when I was at my house, but I was doing them in a different place. So yeah. It was kind of, it was kind of and nice. also, uh, God, it's so weird, but like all the cliche things people have said is true. Like it's important to be together. Like yes, Miles yes. and Doris and I were together and like, yes, there's a I lot of, about New Mexico. Well, I mean, it was fine, but, but, but it was, it was hard in that, in that it, driving. I always forget, like, as I get older, driving a lot is harder. Right. So, mm-hmm. so, and I have a control issue, so I don't let Miles drive a lot. So this time I tried to let him drive more, which worked in some ways and didn't work in others. Like I right. just, <laughs> he doesn't go fast enough. He's not doing it right. He's, I just, I have, I'm such a jerk when it comes to letting go and letting him, letting him live his life. Like I I just am. Mm -hmm. And I'm working on it. It's very hard. It comes out in the driving. So he, Mm -hmm. he will drive, but he also, to be fair, like the dude gets tired of driving after an hour. So it's sort of like, Oh oh yeah. So it's a lot on you. It's a lot. So, and the dog, let me tell you something. If you don't have children, because I think children really help with this, a dog will show you also about what it means to let go and take responsibility for something that's in your care, but also not make shit worse for that being. So mm-hmm. Doris, mm-hmm. we went to this motel that she fucking hated the first night because <laughs> it was loud. And so she would bark and Frenchies don't really bark, but she barks. And, but, but she, she would startle. And my yeah. response when she would startle would be to get angry. I get startled mm-hmm. and then get angry. Mm-hmm. And be like, Doris, stop. And we, yeah. I really was like, am I going to have to sleep? And then I started feeling badly and embarrassed and like taking on shame that she was keeping people up. Right. Just like I would with a kid. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I thought Mm -hmm. I'm going to sleep in the car. First of all, it's 30 degrees. I'm going to sleep in the car with the dog. This. And then miles really talked to me. Thank God. It was like, listen, I think we're making this worse. Like, I think if we just accept that the dog may keep people up, it is a dog friendly hotel. We are not breaking any rules. And I, I, I did what I needed to do, which was go to the front desk and say, listen, our dog is, this is a packed out motel hotel in Williams, Arizona, which is like super touristy. So it's overpriced and we're in the shithole days in. And I'm like, listen, if you can put us in a different room, great. If not, just know that like people may complain. She goes, 
the, the front desk lady was at first annoyed because she had so, she was so busy. But then she was like, you know what? I'll just tell him to deal with it. And then the next day when I showed her Doris, she was like, that's what you're worried about? We have a fucking 200-pound German shepherd that won't shut up two doors down from you. We've got – so I was making it work. I was making yes. it work. Oh, my God. This I relate so completely to this. And I had basic, and actually it's funny because that's exactly the thing I wanted to run by you was just about travel. So the thing happened yesterday on I-95 in Virginia that people were stuck on the freeway for 15 hours because something was shut down and people were literally in their cars on the freeway for 15 hours. And I thought, that is worse than any travel nightmare I have ever experienced or I could ever imagine. But traveling with kids and dogs is its own kind of hell. And Did you guys travel with Wallace? No, thank oh, God. You boarded no, we, Wallace. We're, we're okay. smarter than that now. No, but, that was um, really smart. And we're out of the because what it used to be about my travel anxiety was always about being on the plane and a baby is crying, and I'm just like saying to people, "I'm so sorry." And you know, and then there's people, usually other parents, who are like, "It's totally fine." And then there's people who usually are not parents, are irritated with you. But it's the same thing. You take on the shame. You feel responsible. You get you get flush with shame. And then you feel angry at the person yes. who's making the noise. Yes. Like, yeah, it's a whole crazy thing. So, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, this is really like, this struck me. Someone, I, I told this once to either a therapist or a friend. And they said, oh, this is so interesting. And I was like, oh, God, they're going to say something really deep. And they did, which was, I wonder... If when you were a baby, you were allowed to make any noise at all. And I was like, oh my God. And that you felt shame when you were needy or doing what a kid and a baby does is cry. Like that's their jam and scream. That's their jam. That's the, and and they are taking on for us, this person said, what we wish we could all do, but they get to do it because it's quote acceptable, except people don't like it. So then they make it unacceptable and that's where the shame comes in. So I was like, oh my God, Doris is literally doing the thing that I wish I could do, which is express myself when I'm afraid. And then of course I started crying and then Miles and I talked about it and it was, it, it totally helped me to be like, wait a second, wait a second. What is going on? Because my reaction to Doris's like, and she doesn't even bark. She goes like this, rah. It's not even like right. a real it's not fucking even loud. bark. Yeah, yeah. It's not about that. It mu- it's something about me. So I said, oh my God, I'm making this into a whole thing because I'm having an experience that that is really triggering. So then I processed, I mean, it was a whole, it was lovely, but we got, we, you know, and I thought, well, we're not going to sleep. We have to go home. I was catastrophizing. The dog went to sleep. Once I, once I was like, okay, well, she's going to bark. She's going to bark. I hope people get sleep. If not, I'll never see them tomorrow. I'll just sneak out. Fuck it. Right. The fuck. And once I was able to, like we always talk about now, acceptance is the fucking answer to the fucking problem. I, had to accept that I may not sleep. She may not sleep. Our neighbors might be pissed. And that's just what was happening. And then of course we all went to sleep. Now it wasn't great sleep. Then we realized, okay, we're not staying in a motel. We need a a bigger, quieter. And once we got this place and once we got to Santa Fe in the fancier hotel, dog friendly hotel, but fancier, bigger rooms, more space in between rooms, less people. She was fine. 
It was fine. The whole thing was fine. Yeah. Yeah. But, and New Mexico's gorgeous. And we always think, I always think about living there and moving there mm-hmm. um, when I'm there, but it was, it was cold. And, and the, the truth is, I don't know where I'm going to live or what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. Well, Santa, you were in Santa Fe or Taos? I love Santa Fe. I've never been to Taos. People love Taos. I've never been there. Okay. But okay. Santa Fe, I love Santa Fe. In fact, I was going to see um, Kristen. Oh, yeah. But, but Miles started sneezing and I was like, no, because this was, I was like, I'm not yeah, bringing anything right. into these people's house and they have a child. Yeah. No way. Yeah. And yeah. they have horses. Yeah. And, but, but, yeah. but we communicated and it, there's, for you and I, there's like an open invitation to visit her horse farm. I'm like, I oh, how go. nice. Yeah. Oh, that's so sweet. So, so is it, is it expensive to live in Santa Fe? You think? Not more expensive than LA. I was okay. looking at houses. We started looking at houses just to see. It's cheaper yeah. than LA, cheaper than yeah. California. So, mm-hmm. but it also does get cold and it was 30 degrees and snowing. So, you know, right. Yeah. And, you got to take the good with the bad there. The good with the bad. And I think a lot is going to depend for me on where, where, what, I, what I want my career legacy to look like. Like mm-hmm. if it's you and I making, like, maybe we'll make this documentary and then we get into documentaries. Maybe it's, I am so open. Mm-hmm. I also really am welcoming, um, change if that's what needs to happen but I'm also and I just feel okay somewhat in that nobody seems to really know what they're going to be doing in five years you know like nobody knows and I feel like another thing that speak about things that got clarified during the pandemic I think that that very thing of like we're all just lying to ourselves when we say this is what we're going to be doing next year and this is what we're going to be doing in five years and which is not to say that you shouldn't have a plan and like work towards something but it's also unknown and so unknowable that it's kind of like all right so just make sure that what you're doing today is something that you want to be doing if you know because like this may be the last day you're doing it Right. Point blank. Right. And nothing. And the other thing that Miles and I always talk about is like this, this period has really shown me that like nothing is a panacea. Like I thought co-working is going to be the panacea. Well, then everyone got sick at the co-working or not everyone, Mm -hmm. but people got nothing is a panacea. There is no such thing like Mm -hmm. that doesn't exist in this life. And I think um, this period has really shown that, that, that the thing you think, like you say, is going to last is, could change. Yeah. Which school, are you guys back online or what's happening with school? Are you guys back in school? We're in school right now. I mean, fingers crossed. Um, it does seem like people are getting Omicron and then it's kind of more just like a cold if they're vaccinated. So it may be, you know, since all my kids are vaccinated, it may be that the school stays open. I, that you would know, be I, in a way, in a way, it's possible that we all had it. We yes. didn't get tested, but um, you know, we had people are saying all over the internet, like you think it's a bad cold, but it's probably COVID. Yeah. Um, but with the reason we didn't get tested is because the first person to get sick was our daughter, and she got a negative test, which I guess doesn't mean anything, like for what it could have been for us. Well, but. yeah, and and the, the safest thing they are saying to do is just assume you have it if you feel sick, and mm-hmm. just stay home as if you have it. And yeah, and we did. We had we had the f- six day period of being home before yeah. we went on our trip, and so yeah, yeah it all, it you all know, my out. sister, her whole family got it. My sister. Well, I knew Mia got it, but they all got it. They all got sick. They all got sick. And also Amber and her husband got sick. 
and wow. they're you know so everyone i know there's a lot of people that are getting mm-hmm. sick and um mm-hmm. it's not a moral failing and no susan bennett she just posted on facebook she got sick and she's you know been very very careful so, so you know, everybody's gonna get us what aaron said aaron said everybody will get this like if they haven't already and and it's changing from a pandemic to an endemic and it's right. something that we'll get boosters for every year Oh my not Jeff. Okay, on a different note, I was going to talk about um, the things that I've been. Uh, what time is it? Do you have time to talk more? I have time. Yeah, yeah. Okay, the things I've been watching. So I, yes. I love that you watched the Real Housewives. We watched. Um, what did we watch? Okay, so we watched an, an an office marathon of all the Christmas episodes. Brilliant writing. Brilliant writing. Mm-hmm. So um, but good. that's we all. That's sort of an old hat. But what we did watch was um, I found it very profound to watch the original um, Charlie and the Ch- Chocolate Factory, Willy Wonka's Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, with Gene yeah. Wilder, and the yes. messages there of like literally don't be greedy and also that that movie is so weird and he's so weird in it that Mm -hmm. like good people can sometimes be really weird and say things that are not appropriate you know like Mm -hmm. it's not a there's not a one way to do to do this life and so i really enjoyed that movie this time usually i'm like this whoever did this is on drugs i don't know what's happening here and it's a fucking what is happening but i really heard some messages in there but also, uh, Cobra Kai is back out. So I don't know. Do you watch do you like the it? Co- no, I yeah. never have. Okay. You've never seen it. Jacob watches it. He watches it like he's uh, faithfully. Yes. I could see that. I could see that That it is um, It is so nuanced. And that word is thrown around a lot these days. But the writer, the writers or the showrunners, whoever's doing it, understand the art of nuance and genre in terms of it looks like the original Beverly Hills 90210, the color schemes, everyone, like what our guest was saying, which, you know, what every, everyone was, is on board for the same vision of the show. You can tell that the universe or world that they have created everyone buys into so Hmm. it's not brilliant by any means in terms of like there's nothing profound going on in the show but the actors and the every the team you can tell is like no no we are fully committing to this weird 90s meets 2020 situation going on and we're taking it fucking seriously it's i love it uh, that's great good for them and it started as like a youtube thing like they weren't really gonna make a new karate kit like nobody gets, yeah but it like ca- caught on and i think it is true that people say that like if you believe then other people will find it interesting if you're committed 100 percent, you will have a core audience and it might grow you know so mm-hmm. um so i've been watching that and then the chestnut man on netflix okay it's a danish serial killer show television show fucking brilliant Wait, are you saying it's a show about a Danish serial killer or it's a Danish show about serial killers? Danish show. It's in Danish. I guess. Dutch. I was. Yeah. No. No, it's Danish. It's a Danish. Danish I don't know. It's a whole. It it, it is. um, 
so creepy and also god bless everyone that's not the u.s the people look like regular people and the lead woman looks like a regular woman um she's she's a bit thin for my liking but you know whatever (laughs) i'm trying to give her the benefit of the doubt but she um anyway the chest it's a it's about it's about a serial killer in in um denmark Denmark. in denmark Mm -hmm. and um brilliant and it's the first and so i think i'm gonna stick for a while to um non-us shows about because really i've exhausted a lot of the u.s serial killer market like if i'm honest like so a friend of mine is um like a playwright turned television writer friend is uh, just got a, a a deal to uh remake a, a swedish show that i watched um called header h-e-d-e-r i don't know if that's how you pronounce it about a female band of detectives that focus on sex crimes in Sweden, but they've all got secrets. So I'm switching. I'm done with American okay. crime shows. So I'm back like, that one thousand percent. I told you, you I, I got really into India, into yeah. the, the the police squad in India. So I'm. I feel like uh, there's uh, my eyes are being opened to there's more than just American true crime. We need to have a on our social media or something jen's weird rabbit hole picks because you get you get into some good ones tiktoks for bad haircuts youtube videos of of, um people coaster accidents yeah and people falling down like my whole thing too of like I love not getting hurt, but I think it's what we were talking about, how like falling is the scariest thing. So if, if someone can do it, not be hurt seriously and not be killed, but can survive that. Mm -hmm. And it's funny. I think we should totally celebrate that. Celebrate it. Oh my God. There's a really funny one where there's this guy who's like, I'm a amateur meteorologist, just unofficial meteorologist out here. I'm enjoying the snow. Look at the snow in the street. And then he falls down (laughs) and he goes, Oh damn. And it's the funniest. So that kind of thing is right up my alley. So like, I would love love it. If there's any, it's so like life. I mean, just anything that you can reliably get a good chuckle out of uh, that's gold. That, that should be, in the new age of that should be our currency. How can you make me laugh? Yes. If so, I'll give you all my money. Yes. I need I need to laugh. So yes. Yeah. So that's what If you liked what you heard today, please give us a positive five-star review and subscribe and tell your friends. I Survived Theater School is an Undeniable Inc. production. Jen Bosworth Ramirez and Gina Polici are the co-hosts. This episode was produced, edited, and sound mixed by Gina Polici. For more information about this podcast or other goings-on of Undeniable Inc., please visit our website at undeniablewriters.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you! <laughs>